Welcome to the 47th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, our topics are a recap of Patrick's weekend predictions and a deep dive into every NBA playoff series. Let's jump right in with a look back at Patrick's weekend predictions, which are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com. And we'll start with Patrick's predictions in the NBA. All of these predictions were predictions for game threes of NBA playoff games in the first first round. Uh, first of all, the Lakers beat the Suns 109-95. Patrick correctly picked the Lakers to win that game. The Bucks beat the Heat 113-84. Patrick incorrectly picked the Heat to win a game in the series, let alone that game. The Clippers beat the Mavericks 118-108 with Patrick correctly picking the Clippers. And the Hawks beat the Knicks 105-94. Patrick correctly picked the Hawks in that one. So Patrick went 3-1 and one in his NBA predictions for this weekend. Turning to Major League Baseball and Patrick's predictions for weekend series, the Marlins versus the Red Sox were scheduled to play a three-game set. The Red Sox t- took the first two games, including a rain-shortened six-inning game one of the series, before the third game got postponed. So the Red Sox went 2-0, and and Patrick correctly picked them as they had a two-game sweep in that series. A lot of weather impacting games in the major in major leagues this uh, this weekend, particularly on the East Coast, as evidenced by this next series, the Braves versus the Mets. They were scheduled to play three game set. Uh, Friday's game was postponed. On Saturday, the Mets beat the Braves thirteen to two, and Sunday's game was postponed. Patrick picked the Braves, but given that they only played one game out of three, we're going to call this a no contest due to only one game being played. And I think it wasn't fair, also because I think that was the game where the uh, Braves had their worst pitcher going. So that one's not going to count. Uh, let's turn to the Blue Jays versus the Indians. Again, a three-game set. The Blue Jays took two of three. I think one of those games was also a shortened game. Patrick correctly picked the Blue Jays in this series. And the Padres and Astros also had a three-game series in Houston. The Padres took two of three, winning the first two, with Patrick correctly picking the Padres. So uh, not counting that Mets series that only had one game played, Patrick went 3-0 and in his Major League Baseball predictions. A great week for Patrick. Six and one overall, bringing him to 129 and 90 overall the season, a 589 winning percentage. Patrick, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good week for me in terms of all of my predictions, not just uh, not just one league, which I've had a few different times before. Uh, so far in the NBA, I think I've been pretty good with the single game predictions. And also, I would like to actually add, I think the Blue Jays, I'm going to check this right now, but... I believe every single game of the Blue Jays Indian series was a seven game, uh, seven inning game, um, because one of them was a makeup game. Oh, that's right. Or one of them was shortened by weather. One of them was a one of them was a makeup, and then the middle game got postponed, so they made it up as a doubleheader on Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah. Really weird. Again, really, really weird what happened with these games. I never expected that. Um, I mean, it was really weird because I saw that the Braves-Mets game got postponed, and I was like, oh, so they'll play a doubleheader later in the series, like the Blue Jays and the Indians did, um, and they'll make up the games, and then in the end, they play one game on Saturday, and then the Sunday game gets postponed due to weather, and I was like, okay, well, um, <laughs> I guess that prediction doesn't count. Uh, but yeah, so some odd stuff going on in the MLB. Uh, we'll talk more about these games in depth. For the NBA, uh, when we get to the NBA, which will be very, very soon. Um, but uh, staying on the NBA for a little bit more, and then I'll go back to the MLB. Uh, well, most of these games, since they were Game 3s, Game 3 is a very pivotal game in all of these series. Uh, for the Clippers and for the Bucks, it was uh, making sure, or for the Clippers and the Heat, I should say, it was down 0-2 and trying to claw your way back into the series. Uh, 
the Heat being getting their first game at home and the Clippers going on the road. Uh, and then for Lakers and Hawks, it was important game threes on 1-1 one, one ties to see who would take maybe, I guess you could say, seize control of the series and the momentum of the series. Uh, and again, we'll talk about those more later. But yeah, I felt pretty good about those predictions other than Miami. I had a lot, way too much faith in them, apparently. Um, but well, you yeah, figured then, they would take one game. Yeah, I mean, I had to, and I thought definitely the first game going home, I actually thought as soon as I saw what happened in the first two games, I thought, okay, well, they'll win game three and then they'll get, and then they'll lose the two after and it'll be gen, a nice, cool gentleman sweep, but not even that. Uh, just a regular, plain old, rude sweep. <laughs> um, but yeah, then the Red Sox took the first two, and then game three, I think literally the top of the first inning was played, and nothing else was played, if I'm if I'm correct. Maybe it just got postponed before it started. Um, and then, yeah, there was a six-inning game in there, too, that got shortened. Uh, but that wasn't a doubleheader makeup. That was just a shortened game. And then the Padres and the Astros had the only normal series of the weekend, where the Padres, although... I say it's normal, but I'm pretty sure two of the three games went to extra innings. Yep. So not really they exactly did. normal, but that, that series so they, they made up, up playing, for the They played the extra innings, made up for the shortened innings. That, that, I think that series might have played more innings than the other three combined. Um, but, yeah, I felt pretty good about those predictions, too. So, overall, just a good week in my predictions. Happy to be trending in the right direction. All right. Well, Patrick's predictions for next weekend will be posted on our website on Thursday at 4thand24.com. Now let's turn our attention to the NBA, as you mentioned, and take a look at the first round of the NBA playoffs, starting with the East and then moving to the West. Let's start with the series involving the one seed in the East, the number one seeded Philadelphia 76ers against number eight seeded Washington Wizards, with Philadelphia leading that series 3-0. Yep, as we stand right now, they are actually engaged in a battle in the fourth quarter, a very, very close game, although I'm not gonna, we're not going to wait for this one to end because it could be, could be a variety of things that could happen in this game. Um... But yeah, game two, uh, we're only going to cover the games. We're going to go game by game in the uh, in the games that we did not cover on the last one. Uh, so in game two, Philadelphia won 125-118. to It's a pretty close game. And then game three, not so much a close game. Philly won 132-103. to uh, I will just say, I thought this was Sweep City going into the day. Um... Joel Embiid did get injured in the middle of this game. So did Davis Bertans, but a little bit later. And in the middle of game four that's going on right now. In the middle of game four that's going on right now, yeah. Um, and obviously a little bit less uh, less of an important player, Davis Bertans, than <laughs> Joel Embiid. Obviously not an MVP candidate at all. Um, but overall in this series, look, I mean, there's not much to talk about here. There's just the dominance of Joel Embiid. Uh, Philly's just playing really well on all facets. I mean... They're holding them under 120 every game, and they're scoring over 120 every game. That's about all you can ask for. Yes, you can improve by holding teams under uh, 120 by a lot. You can hold teams under 100 if you're really good on defense, but I think that's a little bit too much to ask. I think Tobias Harris in this series has been great, uh, averaging to around 24 points per game and 9.8 rebounds per game. That's a pretty big impact and something that maybe you didn't expect even coming into the series. Uh, you thought Joel Embiid would be the leading scorer and averaging a lot of rebounds, too, and he's doing pretty well, too. But, uh, yeah, for Tobias Harris to be playing this well is a huge thing for Philadelphia. If he can continue this, they can have their own little big three of their own. Uh, I think we talk about the Nets' big three. This would be a pretty good big three themselves if they had if they had Tobias Harris playing this well. So, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> 
Honestly, I think that's all I can say about this Philadelphia-Washington series. There's not, again, it's not much to talk about. It was the, also a series that only had two games in between uh, two podcasts. So I'm going to move on now to Brooklyn versus Boston. Where Brooklyn leads 3-1. to one. Uh, Brooklyn won game two, 130-108. to 108. Boston won game three. Wow! 125-119. Uh, Brooklyn won game three, or game four, sorry. 141 to 126. Uh, look, Kevin Durant in the first two games of this series scored 81 points, and overall in the series is averaging 34.8 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 3 assists. I said that barring Bradley Beal dropping, uh, I said that I thought that Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook would have one game where they both went off, and that's the reason why Philadelphia wouldn't sweep Washington. I also said that barring a Jason Tatum 60-point uh, game, that Boston would be swept. Tatum did not get 60, but he did get 50, and that is the reason why Boston did not get swept. Do I fully expect Brooklyn to win Game 5? Yes. Is the game at home? Yes. Is the series very, very tilted in their favor? Yes. Do they already have all the talent in the world, and are they already a lot better than Boston? Yes. Is Boston's roster also an infirmary right now? Yes. Uh, there are too many things pointing to Brooklyn for them to lose this series. I mean, I, I, it's it's almost, it reminds me a lot of the Seahawks in the middle of the season this year uh, it, where they just had, I think they had five running backs injured at the exact same time and they had two guys from the practice squad who they had signed starting. Uh, and it just reminds me, their whole team is basically the, the Seahawks running back core in the middle of the season in the NFL last year. Uh, Boston's just way too injured. Jalen Brown's out. Now Kemba was out for game four, and he's dealing with other, and he might even still be out for game five. Robert Williams has the same story as Kemba. Uh, he, I think he has a turf toe injury that they said he could not play on it for six weeks, or he could play through the pain, but it wouldn't heal for, for six weeks fully. So basically, not playing there. And I think, honestly, they might just have to mail it in, because I don't know, I, I'd, I think I'd rather lose with dignity on my gentleman sweep. Uh, with with a, with a depleted roster than have my full roster and still get absolutely destroyed. Um. You know, injuries, big story uh, in the in the playoffs so far. I mean, you mentioned Embiid and Boston heading in and these additional injuries. Not that yeah. anybody thought Boston was going to win, but we'll watch that Embiid story. I don't think there's any injury. We're going to need to watch Boston's injury story anymore. Although I will say credit to Jason Tatum for really, I mean, I, again, I did not think this team could win a game. So credit to him for playing well enough to bring this team to the point where they win a game. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually pretty remarkable. Uh, and I, I honestly don't think there are many teams that can take a game in a four-game series off the big three, off Brooklyn's big three. Uh, Boston does not look as awful as they did in at the end of the regular season. All right, well, now let's turn to what some people's uh, trendy upset pick was for the first round in the East. Number three, Milwaukee against number six, Miami. And some people thought Miami could... Uh, Continue their good good fortune over the Bucks. Didn't happen. Milwaukee sweeps Miami in four games. Miami fans were lucky that we didn't that we covered Game Two on the last podcast because now I only have one one absolutely not close at all game to cover. Um, game three, one thirteen eighty four Milwaukee. Game four, one twenty one oh three Milwaukee. This series wasn't close since Game One. Uh, a lot of people said that when uh, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler had bad shooting nights on the first night, 
and they still took them in overtime. They said, Miami should come away feeling great about this because you know they're going to shoot better later in the series and they're both going to score more and that, that'll propel them and they'll all of a sudden become better and, they're gonna, and they can have a chance to win this series. Well, the leading scorer in the series is Bam Adebayo with 15 points, uh, 15 and a half per game. He averaged 9.3 rebounds and he averaged 4.3 assists. Again, these aren't awful numbers, but these are, Miami doesn't have a big three like Brooklyn. And when you're big and, and if Bam is your second best player, they don't even have really a big two if the, all they can get is 15 and 10. Uh, so that's really, again, not, not, not throwing this all on Bam. It definitely wasn't his fault. The whole team did not play well um, throughout the series. There was just nothing, I don't really know how to really explain it, but they just didn't have, it just never really felt like they had a chance other than uh, game one and then really, really early in game four. But at the same time, being down 3-0, it felt like, okay, Milwaukee can throw away this game and then just go clinch it at home anyway in two days. So I don't think there was ever any doubt after game after game two that Milwaukee was going to win this series. Um, as I said, I predicted the Heat to bounce back. Uh, I thought they would win at least Game Three, just to just going on, just going back home. And I thought that that would change the momentum in the series, not for them to win the series, but for them to just get a game in their favor, just get just play well for a little bit. Uh, but it, it didn't. So Milwaukee comes away with the sweep. They, I don't know if you want to rest for that long, but they will be resting for a lot uh, a long time. Although it looks like Brooklyn won't be resting for much longer anyway. Yep, and finally we'll turn our attention to the uh, battle for the right to lose to Philadelphia in the second round. The number four Knicks against the number five Hawks. Atlanta has come back to take a 3-1 to lead in that series. All right, hold on, hold on. It was 1-1. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think you need to say that they, I don't need to, I don't think you need to say it's the contest to lose to Philadelphia. I don't, okay, uh, let, me, let me say this. I don't think either of them will beat Philadelphia. However, I don't think you should be mailing it in like 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 it's Brooklyn versus Boston or Philadelphia versus Washington because those series were over before they started. Um, but we've seen we thought that Miami would be close to Milwaukee and that turned into a sweep. So who's to say that if we think that the Hawks are going to get swept by the Sixers that they can't turn it into a close series? I mean, it, it happens all the time. Well, um, let's see who. Let's see what happens in this series first. But. I won't give them their. I won't give them the credit. I won't say that it will be a close series. We'll see what I predict on that later. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not willing to say that they're going to get killed. I'll say that. Um, I didn't say whoever that. Whoever comes, I said back. the right to lose. I yeah. Okay. 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 They could win the series anyway. So New York won Game Two, one hundred one ninety two, as a fan spit on Trey Young, which is absolutely despicable, and almost spit on Fifty Cent, which probably would have meant that that fan would have gotten sent to the hospital. This is in Game Two. Yes, this is in Game Two in New York, uh, and then Game Three in Atlanta. Atlanta won one hundred five ninety four in Game Four. Atlanta won one thirteen ninety six in Game Five. I expect them to win at home because Atlanta has been playing very, very, very well. Uh, or actually, I take that back. It is in New York. Right. I say New York wins game five. And it's a question. Uh, maybe they could win game six. But I say the winner of game six is going to win the series. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because if there's no winner of game six, well, then Atlanta already closed it out. And I think that if New York finds a way to win game five and game six, well, they have to win game five to get to game six. So if they win game five and then they also win game six, I think there's no way they're going to have it that they can't come back 
from 3-1 down when they get Game 7 and MSG after already winning two in a row. I think, I think the series momentum would have tilted in their favor very, very far. But let's go to the present and actually talk about what's been, well, I guess the past, and let's talk about what has happened in the series so far. Um, Julius Randle is averaging 16.8 points, 11.3 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. But Trey Young is averaging 27.5 points, 10 assists per game, and 2.5 rebounds. It looks like the old vet who's having his first go-around as a real, uh, really important player on a postseason team is having a lot more trouble than the first-year playoff kid, Trey Young. Um, uh, Kendrick Perkins brought up a really great point in an Instagram video that he posted recently that people need to get off of Julius Randle's back, especially Knicks fans, because he has not been doubled or given any of these odd defenses all season. Meanwhile, Trey Young... Look, people have been not necessarily doubling him, but people have been guarding him pretty far out from what I would say is Dame range since the second he stepped into the league. So he is used to getting this defense. And teams this year did start to double him, at least after the All-Star break as we got to the end of the season. So he's really used to playing these odd defenses. And I just don't think Julius Randle is adjusted to it, which is why he's been incredibly inefficient as a shooter. Uh, but I think, you know, he's still trying to do what he can. He's still being aggressive. And at least he is doing that because if he does turn it on, he could really start to hurt Atlanta and he could really bring the Knicks, propel the Knicks back into the series. And I think that the only way that they do get back into the series is Julius Randle starting to just go crazy. Um, I think simple as that. So I will say that I think that New York wins game five and I think Atlanta closes it out in game six. I think that's what I think is going to happen now in the series, just seeing how it's falling. I think, I think... The most likely thing, honestly, is Atlanta wins in Game 5, but I just don't want that to happen because I was the one who picked New York to win the series. So I'm going to say they at least get it to 6. Also because, look, I've been liking watching this series. Yeah, it's this been has very been entertaining. This has been an series. It's been a very... This has been entertaining. Even yeah. the blowouts are entertaining a little bit. So I'd rather have the series on all the way until Game 7 just as a fan. So, uh... New York, you want to win some games for me? Thanks. Yeah, it's been a it's been a very entertaining series. Been as, like it should be at a four or five. Should be competitive. So, yeah. uh, any other thoughts in the East before we turn our attention to the West? Nope. All right, let's move to the West and a little bit like the first two series we mentioned um, in the East, but even more so in the West. Injuries, both people getting injured and coming back from injuries, playing big part in the storylines here. Let's start with uh, number one Utah against number eight Memphis Grizzlies, with Utah leading the series now two games to one. Uh, game one was the Ja Apocalypse. Uh, game two was the Donovan Mitchell Apocalypse. <laughs> Utah won one forty-one to one twenty-nine, uh, and then Utah won game three one twenty-one to one eleven. This series has been one of the best series I've seen in the first round in a really long time, and not even just that. This might be the closest one-eight matchup I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Speaking of Mike Conley and Memphis, uh, this time playing against each other. However, Mike Conley did famously help lead the number eight upstart Grizzlies to beat the number one overall seed Spurs uh, way back early in his career before Memphis was an established team. But now you have Me look. Memphis has stayed pretty close in the series. This does not look look like a one eight series. If you took all the team names away and just showed me scores and series, I think Milwaukee and Miami. And Brooklyn and Boston were the 1-8 seed matchups. And I think that Utah and Memphis was a 4-5 or a 3-6 at the very least. Uh, look, this series has just been, point being, 
series has been really, really close and also really entertaining. Uh, in the same way that Atlanta and New York has been a very entertaining series, I want this series to go on all the way to Game 7, although I'm not sure it will. This one I'm definitely, definitely less sure of it going any farther uh, than I was of Atlanta against New York because, look, Utah, since Donovan Mitchell has come back, they've been more efficient on offense and they've been better on defense. Combine those two things, that's how you win games. Uh, I think Utah's going to win this series. I initially said Memphis would get it and would, would, this would be a five-game series. Looks like it will be. Uh, but again, it feels like... I, per, I forget which series. I think I said this about the New York series before, the, before our, the, the series started when we were doing our predictions. It feels like you know who's going to win, but you, just, but you know that it will be close, but you still know who's going to win in the end. Um, I was completely wrong about that because Atlanta is going to win this series. But uh, in this case, I think this series is actually, is actually that kind of an identity where Memphis is playing them close every single game. But at the same time, the series, if you actually look at it, isn't very close. It's 2-1, and the only game that Memphis won was barely winning when, when uh, Utah's best player was out. So now you got Donovan Mitchell back. Barring an injury, although, as we've seen, the injuries, I mean, they happen. It, it, it happens a lot, actually. Um, barring the injury, uh, and an injury to Donovan Mitchell, maybe Mike Conley even, who really has been the MVP for Utah in the series so far, even holding them down before Donovan Mitchell came back. He is averaging 23 points, 11.3 assists, and 5.3 rebounds, which is really, those are really, really good numbers. Uh, speaking of good numbers, John Moran is also averaging 33.7, 6 assists, and 3.7 rebounds, which I think he only trails KD for first-round scoring so far, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, Utah overall, I think, will win the series. But it's been a close one, and again, all the games have been entertaining, although maybe the series, when you look back on it individually, individually all the games are entertaining, but maybe the series as a whole, probably not so much. All right, well, let's go to another tight series, number two Phoenix against the number seven Lakers. And the series is now tied 2-2. It looked like the Lakers were running away with this. I think we both agreed with that. You definitely were very quick to change your prediction uh, and say that the Lakers well, would win it in When six. they were healthy. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'll get to that in a second. But Game 2, the Lakers won 109-102. Game 3, the Lakers won 109-95. And Game 4, Phoenix won 100-92. Looks like all the Lakers need to do is score 109, and they would win every single game in the series. Um However, they did not score 109 in Game 4, and most of that was because Anthony Davis exited after already shooting 2-for-9 on the night. He was shooting pretty poor, and then he got injured, and KCP also wasn't playing. Look, the Lakers without KCP and AD, that is not the team that I picked to win the title. That is not even close to the team that I picked to win the title. I would pick that team to exit in the first round. Um, and, and it looks might. like it, it might happen. Uh, AD is so far unlikely to play in Game in game five of the series in Phoenix. And I mean, we'll have to see what happens with that and we'll see how long that injury holds him out. I honestly think that they could go one game without him, but I think if they get to game six without him, I don't think they're going to win the series. I think if Phoenix beats them in game five, I think AD comes back and they can still win game six and seven. Just because game six is at home, they can stabilize there. And I think if there's anybody in the NBA right now that you would trust to go win a game seven on the road, who would it be but LeBron? Uh, if anybody is ever going to win a Game 7 on the road, it's got to be him. So, Assuming he has a supporting cast that can do it. Well, but I'm saying if, if, if Anthony Davis comes back, yeah. then, then they will win Game 6 and be rejuvenated and into Game 7. 
he is the guy I would put on to win that game. No, I know. I know you're saying, assuming Davis comes back for game six, it's just, is he going to come back and can he then turn around and be effective again in game seven? Cause well, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't come back for game six, I don't think they'd win, I don't think they'd win that game yeah, either, frankly. I just, he so. might come back. I just wonder. He looked, he looked pretty badly injured, but... It, it, it was a little bit reminiscent of his injury early in the season that held him out for, what, 30, 35 games or yeah. so. Uh, and, and honestly, that injury looked like for a little bit, you saw it on first glance, and you said, oh, okay, maybe he'll come back later in the game. And then you saw it on the replay again, you went, wait a second, that looks pretty bad. Looks bad. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. I think the Lakers just, look, it's, it's rough. <laughs> um I, I think honestly, if they even if they had KCP back, I'd give them a better chance to win Game Six at the very least. But if they have neither of them, I don't I don't give them much of a chance. All right, let's move on to the next series, also tied two two, very competitive in the West. Number three Denver and number six Portland. This has probably been the most entertaining series um, in the NBA so far. Every single game has been close, and it's one of the two series that's tied, or one of the three, I guess that that's tied right now. Uh, Phoenix and L.A. both had two blowouts, and in the first game, Phoenix pretty much ran away with it at the end of the game, too. Uh, at, at the end of the, pretty much near the fourth quarter, they started running away with the game. But, look, the only not close game of the series was game four. Uh, even though the other games, point-wise, turned out to be not very close, I think Denver won the first, Denver won the second game by 15 or 19, and Portland won the first game by 14 or 15. It was close throughout the game, and it kind of just got away at the end, which tends to happen in the NBA a lot. Um, but yeah, Game 3, Denver won 121-15, really swung momentum in their favor, considering that they had won that game on the road. That was pretty important to steal back home court advantage for themselves. But then Portland won Game 4, 115-95. I am really, really excited to see Game 5 of the series. I can't... Every single time I see Denver and Portland on the... I check my phone every morning, seeing what game is on. That will be interesting. Every single time I see Denver and Portland, I get excited. Because this is the series that I want to watch. This is, and I don't even care about either of the teams. I'm not a fan of either of them. But this series is just so entertaining with Jokic and Dame going back and forth. Uh, I believe Jokic is averaging something like .2 points ahead of Dame in the series to lead the series in the scoring. Yeah, Nikola Jokic is averaging 31-11-3. Which, by the way, three assists is pretty low for him. Uh, but And then Dame is averaging 30.8 points per game, 9.5 rebounds, and 4 assists. Look, these are two MVP candidates every single year. This series is so interesting. Um, and I think, honestly, it seems like Jamal Murray not being there has made it a better series because I think Denver could have run away with this if they actually had their their point guard <laughs> instead of Facundo Campazzo, who would have been a bench guy who's still... Who's still Mind you, a pretty good player, but he's not somebody you want starting in the playoffs. You want him to be a role player who comes off the bench and plays well for you. Uh, but overall, Denver's additions in the in, in the middle of the season with uh, Aaron Gordon. I mean, JaVale McGee hasn't played at all, but Aaron Gordon was a great addition. He's playing very, very well. I mean, he took he was defending Dame in a few of the games, and that was pretty important for them. And then also, I think that the addition of getting Michael Porter Jr. to be like what he was when he first came into college. I mean, people forget Michael Porter Jr. was supposed to be the number one overall pick when he went to Missouri. He just got injured after two games and then slipped all the way down to 15, and it was just about what team is willing to take the risk on him, and Denver was already a postseason team without him, 
and it didn't. They didn't feel like it was that much of a risk. And if he was, if he didn't pan out, they just wouldn't play him. So they took the gamble, and he has blossomed into a star. He's not necessarily. He's not on Jaws level. He's not on Zion's level. But he is right under those two as one of the most exciting young players in the league. I truly believe that. And his shooting. I mean, he's not been efficient in the games that they lost, and that's mainly the reason why they lost. Although I won't put it all on his shoulders, but. When he has been on, he has been really, really, really on. Uh, and I think one of the really one of, one of the really interesting things that I would say about this series is that in Game Four, Norman Powell was the leading scorer for Portland. He scored twenty nine points on eleven of fifteen shooting. At some point, it was eleven of thirteen. Nikola Jokic only had sixteen points in that game. Uh, not very, not a very good game for him. Dame had ten assists, but. For him to not lead Portland in scoring is surprising. And not only did he not lead them, he only scored 10 points all game. He he had 10, 10, and 8. He almost had a triple-double, but he did not have his scoring impact. He was 1 for 10 from the field. If Portland's going to win games like that, they should be scary to not just Denver, but the entirety of the West. Because if you can't beat them with Dane scoring 10 on 1 of 10 from shooting... How are you going to deal with him when he's scoring 50 on 60% shooting? With half of them from three-quarter court. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's got to figure it out. I don't know how you're going to figure it out. Frankly, or three-quarters of them from half court. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Denver's just, I mean, Denver, I, I'm very surprised that they've been able to keep this series 2-2 considering that that was the game that they lost. Um, but look, they're doing a great job. Nikola Jokic is playing well enough in the games that they need him to. Uh, and overall, I think they have the home court advantage, so they probably will win game five if I had to take a guess, and then I would say Portland probably wins game six, and it'll set up a very interesting game seven in Denver. All right, well, let's move to the final series, and that is the number four-seeded Clippers against the number five-seeded Dallas Mavericks. That series also tied 2-2. So this one I picked the team to turn around, to make a turnaround after being down 2-0, and they actually really did it. Uh the Heat were the exact opposite of what the Clippers did. The Heat took their 2-0 deficit, and they just completely fell back and got swept. Uh, the Clippers took their 2-0 deficit, and they gutted out a win in Game 3, 118-108. They also injured Luka Doncic in that game, which is probably a bigger win than winning the game itself. Um, and then in Game 4, they won 106-181. to uh, Game 2 to, to, before to that... Yeah, to 181. 81. <laughs> uh, game two, Dallas won 127 to get to, to 121. I, I kind of brushed over that game as I was talking about the momentum of the series. Uh, and look, this series will be really interesting, uh, but if Luka's injured, this series is over. Uh, LA's winning the series if, if Luka is injured. So I regret switching my pick, I guess. I probably should have switched the Atlanta one instead, but... Uh, Who knows? Who fine. knows? It's fine for now. It's still 2-2, but... Uh, this will be a pretty interesting series for the rest of it. I think Game 2 and Game 3 are probably the peak interest in this series, but hopefully Dallas can turn it around and start making it a close series again, although I would expect the Clippers to win Game 5 at home uh, just based on the momentum they have right now, especially after that huge win that they just had, and then maybe Luka gets a little healthier by Game 6, and then all of a sudden they'll win a Game 6, and hopefully we get Game 7s, and look... I think I've said that same line where the home team will win every single game and then it gets to game seven. Look, I just want it to happen because I want to have these series go on for forever. I don't want like a five-day break where there's no games on just because all the series weren't close. Let's have some game sevens. It would be fun. I don't want every series to be in Milwaukee against Miami. That's not very fun. <laughs> well, the good news is uh, 
that uh, one series is going to go one more game. Uh, that is true. As the Philadelphia did not complete the sweep of Washington as we were recording this podcast. Although I will say this is a very, very, this is a very, very gentleman-like gentleman sweep. It, it's on its way. Let, let's have our guy injure his knee, have our best player injure his knee and his tailbone in the same game, and then he comes back and now you're just dead. Well, let's um, hope he's healthy. There's a lot of injuries that we want these players to be back, especially to I mean, the second round more I mean, it feels like there's an compelling. injured player in every single series. Yeah. I think only Denver and Portland are the ones that, it, I think that's the only series that doesn't have a major injury, and... The, but the thing is that in that series, Jamal Murray yeah, got injured he, before he the series say, started a long time like, ago. What? He's out. Well, I mean, I was saying during the series, because right. AD's injury was during the series. Uh, Donovan Mitchell didn't play, and it was a late scratch kind of a deal. You have, obviously, Joel Embiid. There's the, there's the situation Boston had in some Boston. Injuries, yeah. Yeah. They, the every, all of them are in the series, which is really, really interesting. Um, but... Look, I hope these guys all get healthy, and we all send every single one of these series, although it's not very likely for, well, I'll say two of them. I won't name them, but I think it's pretty obvious which ones I'm talking about. Yeah, probably three of them. Um, I don't think they will all go to Game 7s, but I hope they all go to Game 7s and everybody's healthy and we can see some fun NBA action in the first round because I think as we get into the later rounds of the series, I mean, how long have we been talking about an inevitable matchup between the Nets and the Lakers, and it looks like the Lakers are going to have trouble getting out of the first round. Uh, I think the Nets... When the Nets play Milwaukee, yes, I just said that. I don't even. I'm not giving Boston the level of respect to say that they're going to win the series. It's not going to happen. Um, when they play Milwaukee, that's going to be an interesting series. That's going to be a hell of a series. And then whoever wins that series against Philadelphia or maybe even Atlanta, if Atlanta's playing that well, well, if it's Atlanta, it probably won't be a great series. But if it's Philadelphia, it will be a great, 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 great series. And I can't. And I can say the exact same about the West. All right, well, any other further thoughts about the NBA in general before we wrap up this edition of the podcast? Well, I think since we did uh, throughout the end of the season, throughout the end of the regular season, uh, a little bit about who's clinched and who has uh, been eliminated, why don't we do it in the playoffs? We only have one team today, but goodbye, Miami. Um, you had a great year, sort of, after COVID struggles at the beginning of the season. Uh, you had a great middle of the year, and then your end of the year was not so great, and then your playoffs was even worse. Uh, you're in a good position in the future. You're going to get Victor Oladipo back. I feel like people forget that he even exists uh, just because he's been injured like this entire season, and he also was on, I think, three or four different teams. Uh, but look, they get Victor Oladipo next season. This team was already a six seed, and I mean, frankly, they tied the, the four and the five seed and just didn't get the tiebreakers. This team could vault itself into the top four and you could see them as a bit, you could see the big four top teams in the East next year. Uh, I, I'm hopeful for Miami's future, but for now, goodbye. Enjoy your vacation. Uh, looks like it's over for you. Last season, you had to stay in the bubble extra long and had the shortest off season of all time besides the Lakers. Well, I guess they both had the same amount, but, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, but now you're probably going to get a much longer one than you had hoped for, but probably some well-deserved rest. Well, you know what? Funny that you say that. You mentioned the Lakers in the short season. It, with their injuries, if they're, if that doesn't clear up, as we talked about, both teams from last year's NBA Finals could be out in the first round. We'll see what happens. Uh, that wraps this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please be sure to check out our next podcast, which will be on Friday, June 4th where we will talk about Major League Baseball and other significant events in the world of sports, including maybe saying goodbye to some other teams, depending on what happens in those NBA playoffs. Oh, definitely. We're going to be saying goodbye to some other teams. Well, maybe it, it, we'll be surprised if we're saying goodbye to any teams in the, in the West, but probably definitely in the East. 
could be one in the West. I won't name them, but there could be one. All right. Well, in the meantime, be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including tomorrow's NBA Power Rankings update, his picks for next weekend's games, and his Major League Baseball Power Rankings, which are posted on Saturdays. All of that content on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.